Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the vagabond, Matthew Henry. Say hello, Matthew. Hello, as I wander vagabondedly. I don't even know. Like, well, you're not even at home now. You're you're in some foreign city. What's the name of that city again? Uh, San Francisco, home of the <laughs> oh, Giants. Right, that Maybe place. you've heard them. Heard of it? <laughs> I have heard of San Francisco, and I have even heard of their professional baseball uh, organization. That's right. It's it's uh, uh, it's, it's a popular the, one. San Francisco yeah. Giants. They they're called no no less no less. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I, hey, Matthew, I've got a question for you. Okay. If you have a full beard, are you participating in Mustache May? No. Because you're... <laughs> no. I, mustache, no. You can only participate in Mustache May if you grow it specifically for Mustache May. So that means you couldn't have had a mustache before? Like oh. what about what about if you had a full beard and then you shave off everything except the mustache? Then yes, that that would then, be acceptable. Okay, so you either have to you have to take action. Yes, there has to, to be, be something noticeably in different in order for you to be like celebrating. Got it, day. got it. So people with just mustaches, like in general, cannot be said that they're participating in mustache may. They would oh. have to shave it off and then let it grow back. Exactly. Yes, is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So, so when Gabe Kapler says that he is participating in Mustache May with his well-groomed, well-oiled, probably dyed, full-on beard, he is not participating in in Mustache May. No. He says that he is. No. He says that he is. No, because he's already had that. Like that's been his look. He can't be like, oh, I'm yeah. participating in Mustache May. No, you've been you're participating in Mustache and Beard. All year round. I mean, that's well, not May. Well, DJ MC Craw or whatever he calls himself, MCB Craw, says that um, says that he he is also participating because he's got the full beard and mustache. Okay, that's just wrong. I mean, you yeah, know, like when right. when when right. Lamont May Jr. and Yaz are growing like their their white village people stashes. You Fair know, enough. I, I feel Fair like enough. that's a disservice to them because they're the ones putting in the yeah. work. That's right. That's right. And these are some not good mustaches. Terrible. Austin Slater, yeah. too. Throw him in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Like a full beard connected to a mustache is not the same as rocking out there with a caterpillar on your lip like you're straight out of a 1970s um, film that I can't yes, really remember get into we're a family details show. on because yeah. we're a family show, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to you got to you got to you got to you take the risk. Yeah, yeah. You can't have this well-oiled manicured thing that looks like somebody takes spends 3 hours on every day. <coughs> get caterpillar. <laughs> Um, He's a handsome man. Uh, Gabe he, Kapler is a handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Bob. Bob. That's my Bob imitation. I don't know if he actually says that, but uh. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> we have to pay him to say that. We have to pay Bob to say that one. <laughs> I wonder if there's anything that we'd ask Bob to say that he would refuse. 
Uh, not for the right price. No, I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> Fair enough, Bob. Fair, Fair enough, enough, Bob. <laughs> uh, all right. Today is uh, Wednesday, May 11th, as we record this podcast. The San Francisco Giants finished off a three-game set against the um, Colorado Rockies. Hey, Colorado Rockies, stop by in San Francisco anytime. We love you. Come on uh, back soon. The Giants' record is now 19-12 and 12 after going 5-2 and two for the week. Back on the winning side of things. Uh, they went 2-2 two and two against St. Louis, losing the first two to, to extend a losing streak to five games. But now they've ripped off five in a row, finishing the series, uh, winning the last two against the, the Cardinals, and then sweeping our friends, the Colorado Rockies. They are now in third place in the National League West, two games back of the... Los Angeles Dodgers. Hey, LA and San Francisco. That sounds like a good rivalry. Like maybe the Dodgers and the Giants should like, you know. Play each other sometime. Yeah. Play each other sometime. <laughs> could, Unlike could last week yeah. where, where one, only one team showed only up. Only one team showed up last time. Well, no, right. that's not true. That's not true. It was it was Carlos Rodon versus the LA Dodgers. And then it was Alex Wood against the LA Dodgers. That's right. But since we have the DH, that meant there was no offense. Yes. And that's that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Anyway, the Giants are also half a game behind San Diego, um, and they are actually in the second wild card spot. And remember, folks, there are three wild card spots this year, so the Giants are in the second wild card spot behind uh, the Padres, who hold the first one. Uh, so you know, all in all, I, I mean, it was it's been feast or famine, Matthew, but. Um, I don't know. I've almost forgotten about about what the bad times were like. What bad times? Have you? What? Yeah, exactly. What bad times? There's no COVID list. What's COVID? Who's Mike Ford? I don't. I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> my apologies, Mr. Ford. Uh, <laughs> wow. Who got, who's having a bad day because he got DFA'd today? <laughs> he got DFA'd today. <laughs> today, my man. And look, we all knew it was coming, but wow. Oh, it made me choke on my drink. Um, <laughs> speaking of, Bob, hit me. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. I, today, am drinking a cocktail known as the Tom Collins. Uh, the, and why am I drinking a Tom Collins? Because you got a crap load I'm, of gin. Because <laughs> I got a crap load of gin. I've got so much gin, and uh, and I gotta, I just, I gotta keep drinking it. I gotta keep drinking it. And and the can Tom you put Collins your subscription on pause? Like, is that possible, or do you just have to keep like just you're you're a gin man from now on? No, I can put it on pause. I just, I just, I need to. Uh, I don't want to. You know, I'm stubborn. <laughs> I mean, it's good gin, right? I mean, I'm gonna so. drink my way through this problem. <laughs> come come hell or, or bad liver you know like i i'm gonna do it um and uh you know honestly i just need to be experimenting with the cocktails more during the week i haven't been doing that enough yeah and uh but anyway uh, what is it what is a, a tom collins a tom collins is essentially a gin sour so that's two parts gin one part lemon juice freshly squeezed with a little bit of age on it and a one part uh, simple syrup, you shake that in a shaker and you put that into a Collins glass and, uh, and then you top it off with club soda. You should definitely add some cherries and then it becomes a very 
light and refreshing cocktail that is perfect for summer. Um, this is definitely the kind of cocktail that like, if you find this and you love it, then you, you don't have to drink anything else for the rest of your life. It's that good. It's that simple. It's that classic. It's that refreshing. Nice. What kind of glass did you put it in? <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> I put it in a highball, Matthew. <laughs> Okay. You didn't put it in a Collins glass? <laughs> no, because I I don't have a Collins glass and uh because because look, highballs and Collins glasses is they are different. Collins glass is a little taller, a little thinner. But they're essentially the same. You, yeah. you don't need no. both a Collins don't glass. Go, don't and go a out and buy glass. both. Yeah, especially just no. drinking cocktails at home. Just get a tall, you know, highball glass. Pick one that you like that looks pretty. And I have these nice cool square ones from a um a place called um, you know, um, uh, bucket and box. Um, they got these. They make these nice little square, um, square cool uh, glasses that I really like. So that's what I'm drinking mine out of. Right. Anyway, uh, highly recommend the classic Tom Collins. Uh, perfect drink if you have too much gin. Great. All right. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, thanks, Bob. Yeah, I. Well, as as Ben alluded to in the intro. I am in San Francisco in a hotel room, and I knew this was going to be happening. So like any good podcaster dedicated to his craft, I brought my own booze. And uh, But I didn't want to bring the whole shaker and things like that. And so I decided that uh, what I would do uh, while I was in my hotel room is just make an old-fashioned. And uh, what is an old-fashioned? Well, so an old-fashioned traditionally is, is bourbon or rye. Uh, but the nice thing about it is that old fashioned is really a template. It's a uh, two part spirit, uh, half part, uh, a sweetener, and then a couple dashes of an aromatic bitters. And that's a template that you can play with lots of different spirits and, and sweeteners. But in my case, I decided to go with just straight old bourbon, two ounces of bourbon, and I don't quite like a half ounce of sweetener, so I, I, I do a between a quarter ounce and a half ounce somewhere in there of, of just regular simple syrup. And then, uh, and then a couple dashes of good old Angostura bitters in this one. And you uh, mix it with a little ice and then uh, serve it in, a, in a, a rocks glass. And what I did is I have a little orange peel that I, about an inch strip of orange peel that I spritzed into there and expressed the oils over it and then I've got my cocktail cherry and it's a nice simple cocktail but a tried and true classic and you can't you can't get much better than the old-fashioned and I I think in previous episodes I've done like the tequila old-fashioned but this is the first time I think I've brought this one to the show so good old-fashioned bourbon old-fashioned mmm that's a tasty cocktail it is Bob you know something about the classics you know and what I like about the old fashioned too is that you're making it at home. It's you play around a little bit with the the sweeteners and the you know the different if you have different types of bitters, peshads is a good one to kind of throw in there. You could do a lot of different things. So uh, it's it's a great template to play around with and and uh, and learn you know kind of what you like. And I learned like for example that I don't like it as sweet. You know I like to really feel the the the, the booze. And so um, yeah, I'm enjoying my cocktail tonight. And, Good and choice. Ben has just put in our chat a link to a travel cocktail set. Yeah, I don't know what you were talking about. I don't want to travel with whatever, whatever. I need this in my life. Yeah, you do, right? Isn't it awesome? Yeah. 
It is awesome. Look at that. That is uh, it's yeah. everything you need in in cocktail in a little carrying case. Or if you're like you you don't have you maybe you live in a tiny loft or you know whatever mm. or you just rent a room somewhere and you want to have a bar. I I, I folks I I'd look up travel bar and then and on 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 your favorite web search engine of choice. I know you kids all like the Duck Duck Go these days. Because um, privacy I, is important, Ben. Yeah. Well, I I was a Lycos guy back in the day. Okay, so you know. Uh, so you know, I know. Um, I, I've used search engines other than you know the big G man. Uh, but anyway, yeah, look up Travel Bar, Travel Bar. Um, anyway, uh, that's a great cocktail. You know, it's better than one cocktail, Matthew. Two cocktails. That's right. Good thing I made a double. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Anyway, you know the San Francisco Giants, Matthew. Uh, things weren't going well last week. We were we were pretty upset. We were so upset that I changed the ending of the show. You did. That's I was listening right. back. To, That's right. I was listening back to the end, and I was like, I can't. I can't even. I you, can't you, even. Because they were what, they were losing nine to one at that that, that nine game. Nine to right? one. Right. That's the, how we ended the, the last Dodgers. podcast. Was you were just like lamenting the loss. Oh so. uh, god. So it turns out we do remember. Uh, we may not want to think about it, but. Wow, what a difference a week makes. That's right. Yeah, we went from a five-game losing streak to a five-game win streak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, I was at the game last night in, in uh, oh. you know, being in San Francisco and all. You know, I walked down to Oracle Park and uh, took in a game. And a couple few things struck me. One is that the Rockies are a bad baseball team. And I don't know <laughs> what everybody's thinking about That's, them being, you know, a winning record and everybody's all excited about the Rockies. But they played most of their games at the beginning of the season at home. Yeah. That's all this was. Yeah. That's and, all this was. And they managed to catch the ball, I guess, for a few games because uh, defensively, uh, not a great team. Uh, gave the Giants multiple opportunities to score throughout the whole you know, series. And, uh, and, and so I just, I'm not impressed. And. Yeah. Is something wrong with Bryant? Because he didn't play last night, and I haven't followed the Rockies, but he wasn't playing last night. So he hasn't hit any home runs, or maybe he's only hit one home run all season. Oh. And they played most of their games in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, him and Trevor Story could get together and, and lament their uh, <laughs> cry over their multi-million dollar contracts. That contracts, got. yeah, <laughs> that they've got. And are not, maybe the not, GMs uh, for the Rockies and the Red Sox would get together and cry in their drink. Right. Um, uh, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know, Matthew, like who cares, who about, cares the about the Rockies, whatever, Rockies? whatever, you know, like, you know, it's like, whatever. Uh, wh- well, I mean, I, I can't say, okay. Now that you mention it, I do want to do one little shout out, but this is actually just about the giants. Okay. This is, Cause this is, this is really about like a couple of years ago, people, you know, and you still read about this in articles about the giants and left field and they're, they're, you know, the. The, the jinx of left field since Barry Bonds and how many people have played in left field and they and they and they talk about Farhan Zaidi's first year and they're like the outfield that he put on the field and everybody likes to joke about that outfield. Connor Joe and Michael Reed. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 who's laughing now in the whole Connor Joe situation? Because that guy that guy's a good baseball player. He is, and and he's finally putting it all together, and and he went through a really hard time with uh, 
cancer and cancer all that, yeah. and and all that and so you know i i do I, I i think we'd be we'd be remiss to at least not give connor joe a shout out but i'm really giving him that shout out to say hey you know what that outfield was better than people gave it credit for totally and yeah i how could you not root for you know a forever giant connor joe you know uh, and he got his first major league hit with the Giants. I mean, that was the only That's hit he got with the, the Giants. Only... <laughs> but uh, but you know, he was a rookie and he was a Rule Five player that was kind of thrown into a situation that wasn't he wasn't ready. And he and by his own yeah. admission, you know, I've read some articles on it recently. His own admission, that he wasn't ready, and he has no hard feelings against the Giants. Uh, and and it, you know, it made him the player he is today. And so I, you know, I'm I'm glad that he's having a good. I wish he was in another division, but uh, but I'm glad that he's he's playing well. Uh, agreed. I, it, him being in another division would be better. I believe Bryant is hurt. Oh, okay. Um, by the way, his pride's hurt. Um, maybe I don't know. His pride. Or maybe he he hurt. Maybe he's got a tight back. Oh. Maybe a certain you know he's he's locked up in the back. Yeah. Field. Maybe we'll, we'll 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 talk about that injury a little bit later. Yeah, but, that uh, sounds familiar. Yeah. But anyway, five games. Five games. And uh, five. Sorry, sorry. They had a five-game losing streak, and now they followed that up with a five-game winning streak. And and during that losing streak, they couldn't buy a run. They scored like what five runs in those games? I can't even remember. It was so awful. I don't want to think about it. But but as I remember, they didn't get shut out once, but they no. didn't score more than one run once. Right? I think in those five games, they scored five runs. And and it was like the offense disappeared. And they were the second best team in run differential, and they had the most runs scored per game for uh, uh, at least in the National League for a brief period. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was second best because I don't think they were ever better than the Dodgers. But point is, they were scoring lots of runs, and uh, at least relative to the rest of the league. And then suddenly, it just it just went away. Well, okay, it went away because they were playing Mike Ford and. Guys that you never heard of that were called up from other teams, you know, the day of, I mean, it was, mm-hmm. you know, COVID and injuries, you know, wreaked, uh, wreaked havoc on them. And I, so I think it's a blip and you're right. They scored one run, one run, one run, two runs in, in, four, you know, in their last four games of that losing streak. So Oof. not a lot of offense going on for sure. That's brutal, dude. That, that was brutal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the main difference is we got through COVID, right? Right. Yeah. And we got the captain and back, and we got, got the captain back. We got Lamont Wade his... Jr. back. Uh, if you were Matthew, if you were going to say uh, uh, of all the people likely to get COVID twice, um, would one of them be Brandon Belt? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to get it a third time. I mean, that's he's just... going to get it again, right? Probably this season. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, or he he will like throw out his back sneezing or something like that. <laughs> or or maybe he'll come back and in his first game back. He'll he'll hurt himself on a swing. Yeah, his neck will he'll get like a tight that. neck or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Brandon, we love you, buddy. Uh, um, I'm sure it must be even more frustrating when it's actually happening to you. Um, but uh, but I think the biggest lift from all those has been Lamont Wade Jr. I mean, the guy has been bad. What he he played in his first game, I think, was a. Was it Friday or Saturday? I don't remember. He's only played in three games at this point, I feel like. Or maybe must be more than that at this point. But um, you think I'd have all these things figured out. You think I would know. Yeah, you, you know, you think you'd come into a podcast prepared. Yeah. I, I Hey, I came in with two cocktails made. What are you talking about? I am completely <laughs> prepared. 
Touche. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So he- here we go. He has played in four games, Mr. Wade. Uh, he's only hit one home run. So, I, you know. Slacker, send get, him back. Let's not get too excited. <laughs> let's not get too excited. Although he did, he played today. And how many times did he walk today? He walked, he walked once or twice today. Yeah, I didn't know you were going to ask me these questions. I would have had that already. Uh, he walked once. He was three for four with a walk. He walked once. So he, he you know, um, wow, three for four for a walk. So in his um, in his la- in the first five games, he's been back. He has walked twice and he has uh, four hits, uh, and uh, he's got. Um, I think he had an RBI today, and then he also has four. He's already got five RBIs. I mean, man, we missed you. We missed you a bunch, Lamont. It, it is nice to have you back. And I got and yeah. and, and I got to tell you though, like you wonder, like the second year, if the first year was a fluke, right? Like you start to kind of like, oh, please, please let him be as good, you know, as we think he is, <laughs> you know. And so it's great to see him coming in and contributing right away. And, and being the same player that he was last year because I was I, I just the pessimist in me the the lifelong Giants fan in me just is just just ready for disappointment and uh, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm glad that Lamont has come out and, and at least in the first week yeah I, I think we've talked about this in the past but that's really like I think a Gen Xer thing and and, and a baby boomer thing right like especially the Gen Xers though. Right, because the Boomers remember the great San Francisco Giants teams. Yeah, where, they remember you know, they lost Mays and McCovey, and yeah, and losing in Game Seven of the World Series to the Yankees. Right, like I mean, they had, but but all we remember are the seventies and the eighties. Yeah, we remember Joe Morgan beating the Dodgers to knock them out of the playoffs in the last. Game and that was the season. most exciting thing that happened to us. Totally right, like those are the indelible moments for the San Francisco Giants, and didn't get a sniff of anything really good until 1987 i mean 86 is when all those those guys came up but but it was really 87 was the first good giants team that we saw yep and then 89 with the world series yeah and then i mean and then after that they were they they were good and and only had gotten better but like i think for 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 younger fans what matthew and i are used to from the san francisco giants overall is what the giants did between i would say what 2005 and 2009, 2008, and then the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. To us, that is the normal San Francisco Giants. That is the Giants that, that we know. Like, that is in our DNA. That's how we feel about the Giants. So all this winning that you guys are used to and all of this domination and World Series, like, to us, that barely feels real at this point. Even after they've done it three times and they've won 107 games, more than they've ever won in a season, we're still like, no, this team sucks. They're going to lose. <laughs> like, that's the default state. Like, that's how much PTSD we have over the 70s and 80s. And uh, it, it's hard to get rid of, man. So yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, and it is such a relief to see somebody come back. And granted, he's only been back five days, but it feels like, oh, God, Lamont Wade Jr., man, finally. Yeah. yeah. We got a great ball player back, right? But less than a year ago, this guy was, you know, everybody was like, who? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And getting back to your kind of like disappointment, you know, there are things that I do to kind of like make myself feel better about the Giants. And I start looking for stats that kind of help me um, at least kind of go, yeah, the Giants are good. And so one of those is run differential. 
And even despite our five-game losing streak, you know, and our one-run, 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 two-run scored in a four-game span, we're still second in the National League in run differential. Yep. Uh, with a plus 40. Now, yep. I'm not going to mention that there's a certain team that has plus 78. Like, they've Shh. almost doubled Shh. us. I'm not going to mention Shh. that. Because, you know, I'm I'm, pos- I'm trying to be positive. But the Giants, you know, are, are a good offensive team and... Those four games are not the norm that we should come to expect for this team. And I just keep telling myself that. We're a better team. Agreed. We're a better we team. got a better rotation than them anyway. we got a better pitching staff than them. And so when we face them in the playoffs, it's not going to matter. This time we got them. That's right. I don't, I don't care how good their run differential is. But over the last five-game winning streak, the Giants' run differential is, I think, plus 17. Right? Yeah. So even though they had those those four or five games where they scored, you know, five runs, six runs, um, they, you know, they're back to their their normal dominance. And um, and I think this is the real San Francisco Giants. I mean, we titled our last podcast with well, the, the real San Francisco Giants, please stand up. And that was obviously a play on the fake player you know, game that we played. But but in essence, it really was a question like, is this team a fluke or is it not like was this losing streak a fluke or is this winning streak a fluke? And I think, oh, if you look at their record over the past season and, you know, one sixth. The abnormality here was that losing streak. Yes. I mean, I will say, though, last year's team would have found a way to win three of those five games that they lost. Well, yeah, Mike Ford would have hit a grand slam. That's and, right. And and we would have won that one game. Yeah, it's you're right. But, you know, yeah. magic, 107 wins doesn't happen. No, it, no, yeah, it doesn't. That's and, not the norm. And, it's an outlier for every baseball team. Yes. Right. And 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 so yes, I, I think in essence, 107 game wins was a fluke because it's a fluke for any team. And and, and you know, teams do of- have five game losing streaks. That's not uncommon. We didn't have that last year, but right. that's that's not the norm. Right. And I think at the end of the day, like that's why this team is not going to win 107 wins. And that's why they're going to win 96, just like I said they would. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to correct you. Those plus 23 over the last five games. Plus 23 over the last five games? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think I didn't add today. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You didn't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the internet. If we could only just get live results. Fangraphs. <laughs> Fangraphs, I'm talking to you. Baseball reference. I'm looking at you guys. Maybe you should Some subscribe. Some live results would Maybe be nice. they would actually do that if we... If they would give me live results if I subscribed? I don't know. Fangraphs, would I get live results if I subscribed? More people paid. I'm not sure that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know I can get those from ESPN and and MLB.com. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, though, that that this week, uh, in in spite of the fact that, you know, we just said 207 wins is is a fluke, I do feel like this week felt like last year. Uh, yes. Yeah, and and good pitching, timely hitting, uh, just you know Lamont Wade Jr. You know doing his thing. Some guy that we've never heard of before this season, Luis Gonzalez, perhaps you know playing really well. It just felt like like you know, last year there came to be an expectation that they were going to win, and I and I I felt that I felt like the Giants were going to win this week. And and you're you're not playing guys you've never heard of. You're playing guys that you know deserve to be in there and. Yeah, it felt like the Giants of old, and that, that was a good a good feeling this year. Yeah, yeah, Play, perhaps playing well. Luis Gonzalez is seven for nineteen, with uh, four runs scored and seven runs batted in. 
That's a 368 clip for a 429 on base percentage and a 421 slugging percentage. Yeah, too bad it's yeah, not going. Luis Gonzalez is doing all right. Too bad it's not going to keep him. Doing... Too bad it's not going to keep him in the majors. Yeah, it's not going to keep him on the major league roster, is it? No, I. I we were yeah, before we went on air. Uh, we were we were speculating, right, in terms of mm-hmm. kind of because Tommy Lastella comes back uh, soon. He's on a rehab assignment. We don't know mm-hmm. when he's coming back, but it's. Maybe within the next week, right? Yeah, I keep hearing about this guy Tommy Listell. I'm really excited. Yeah, to see yeah, him. yeah. Potential, potential. Uh, you know, upgrade at second base. Yeah, um, you know, our backup second baseman. I don't know. Um, Better than our starting second baseman, Tyro Estrada. Yes. Yes, but only because he's left-handed and and would play better against right-handers. But uh, got it. Got uh, it. Uh, but you know, we've been talking about our our friend Mauricio Dubon. And and uh, Mauricio must know that he the is legend. the legend, the hero. That's right. Uh, uh, he must the the only major league baseball player from the country of Honduras, right? And wow. And and I, he must know that he's on the bubble because he's playing like it, like you know. And and this last week, he was a good part of our offense, right? Okay. Okay. You're underselling it here, Matthew. He was he was he was the heart and soul of their offense the last week. Okay. All right. Maurizio Dubon was the best San Francisco Giant at the plate over the past week. And and he absolutely knows he's on the bubble because they literally asked him that on the TV postgame show, I don't know, two nights ago. Hey Maurizio, what does it feel like to be on the bubble? Did they ask you him might that? They did. That's harsh. They man. did. And they're like, does that motivate you? And he laughed and he was like, you know, I try not to think about that stuff. You know, it'll take care of itself. It is what it is. I'm just out here having fun. I'm not, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I think he said something of that nature. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, of course he knows. Of course he knows. But I don't know. Is that what's motivating him, do you think? I think the man was just, he just needed to concentrate and focus on playing good baseball because to me it seemed like he was making a lot of mistakes and and possibly overthinking i think he's just got to focus on the moment and it feels to me like he's focusing on the moment and not overthinking things and just letting his skills show and it's showing across the board on defense and on offense the Maurizio Dubon that we've seen from the last week is the guy that I believed in from all the way from spring training of last year. This guy is absolutely an amazing super sub, and and uh, and I can't see any possible way that he doesn't stay a San Francisco Giant. So, so if you don't see any possible way, then it's Luis Gonzalez that probably gets sent down to the minors. Because Luis Gonzalez has an option left, and Mauricio Dubon does not. You want to know one of the things that's always bothered me about you, Matthew, older brother? <laughs> no, tell me. You're, you're, Let's tell all of our, our listeners. Yeah, no, we're going to get into it right now. Yeah. We're going to get it because I'm, I'm halfway through my second cocktail. We're going to get into it. Right, you know, I'm, get into I'm it actually right making my second yeah. cocktail, so you go off while I... While I okay, okay. It's, you know what? It's, it's you just always pointing out the rules. You know, and just like, well, that's not the way it works. Like, they can only have 26 guys on their roster. They can only, you know, like, yeah, it's they called need being to pragmatic, Ben. Okay. <sighs> oh, Doobie. I love Doobie. <laughs> well, and, and, so, I, and I think the Giants are falling in love with Doobie. So I think, you know, and, and yeah. just like last year, right? 
Lamont well, Wade Jr. Do you remember Lamont Wade Jr. got sent down? Uh, and then I do. Brandon and we Bell were all like, hurt, why? And then he got brought yeah. back, and then he played his way onto the, you know, basically couldn't. And then Mike Talkman got, Mike Talkman was the was the casualty. Exactly. There. That's yes. right. Right. And so I feel like Luis Gonzalez is the Lamont Way Jr. this year because he doesn't deserve to be sent down. But the difference no. is that he has an option. And, and so, and they don't, they would rather put Luis Gonzalez in the minors than lose Mauricio Dubon because if they, if they DFA him, he's definitely going to be picked up. He's definitely going to somebody else. And, oh man, you know what terrifies me? If they DFA Dubon and they have to put him through waivers, can you imagine him going through all of the major league baseball teams except the last people to pick? And the last people to pick are sitting there looking at that name and saying, do we want this guy to stay in the Giants organization or do we not? And we know who that team is. Oh, like right. The Los Angeles Dodgers are going to find a way. Right. And I, I don't I'm not I mean, I'm, any other team is most other teams would probably want to pick him up at this point. Right. Like, right. So I, I don't think he even makes it to the Dodgers. But you don't think the Cincinnati the Reds would be snatching him up like I just, you know, come <laughs> you're on. right. You're right. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the seven and twenty four oh, Cincinnati Reds. Poor Doobie's going to be a red. No. <laughs> I mean, David Bell, I love you, buddy. I love you. But uh yeah, two thousand two forever. I uh, but but man, um, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I and I agree. You, you're absolutely right. The Giants do. The Giants want to hang on to good players and for as long as they possibly can. So yeah, I do think that it is Luis Gonzalez Jr. who's going to be sent back down. He's 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 got options, and and it's Tyro who's got options. But they they obviously cannot get rid of Tyro. Um, he's going to be part of the platoon. He's their starting second baseman, first of all. <laughs> and um against and left-handers yes against 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 all people but occasionally needs to be spelled against right-handers uh so tommy listella's <laughs> got to stay fresh he's got to have a few at bats so Tyro... take another sip of that drink man because you know <sighs> <sighs> look look i don't know why i'm i know I, I, I don't want to jinx anybody but okay tommy listella's not going anywhere he is our starting second baseman uh, for a couple reasons. One is that he's left-handed and will face most right-handers and has a history of, of, of hitting well against right-handers. The second is his contract. I mean, he signed a three-year contract, and uh, he's not going anywhere. So yeah. so he is... At least not this year. Yeah. Agreed. Well, next year, Agreed. he makes actually more money than he makes this year. They backloaded the, the, the uh, contract. So wonderful. he's not going anywhere. I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Um, okay. Well, no. I mean, you're right. You're right. Like, And I, I think... I think um, we do need to give Listella the benefit of the doubt. Um, and for all those reasons, like he, and I do think he does make the giants better, right? Tyro clearly, I mean, one of the things that we've seen from Tyro is that he's now gone through a slump, Yes, but he complained, continued to play good defense and he was going out there. Um, the giants tried to take some pressure off him by pushing him down in the lineup, right? He's hitting right ahead of uh, Joey Bart. Um, oh, and, uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, but we, we say we say that the Tyro started to struggle, but he batted 286 this last week, right? I mean, so yeah, yeah but his on base percent he didn't. He only walked like one yeah, other once. time, and, right, he, and right. he's and he's hitting all so he's singles on base percentage. You know, like, you're right. On base percentage is below 300, but his slugging percentage is you know. But it's 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 almost 200 points above Joey Bart's. So yeah. right. Well, he's he's making contact with the ball. <laughs> yes. Right, he's he's actually getting the bat on the ball, which I yeah. think is and that's zero strikeouts in twenty four plate appearances this last 
Uh, Compared to Joey Bart, six out of ten? Yes. Yes. Zero strikeouts in 24 plate appearances, whereas Joey Bart has six strikeouts in 10 plate appearances, which is on average what he's been doing the entire year. Yeah. All right. Okay, we, we, but we, we were talk talking about, about Mauricio Dubon. We yes. were talking about that later. But we were talking about Mauricio Dubon and, and Luis Gonzalez Jr. I, I do think that, that Mauricio stays with the team. I, you know, and it was really interesting because I do watch the postgame show on television quite a bit. Um, and although sometimes I, I try to switch over to the radio rap because I, I do like to listen to that. But but it was interesting because, yes, they they I, I can't remember who it was that that brought up the idea that he was on the bubble. But it was definitely a question that he was asked in the postgame interview. And then somebody asked Kapler, I think, the next day about Darren Ruff. And Kapler answered the question about Ruff, but but he immediately called out Maurizio Dubon without being prompted and said, I don't know where this team would be over the last week if it wasn't for Maurizio Dubon. Mm. Right. I mean, he basically gave Maurizio credit for the Giants winning their last four games. Wow. And Kapler right. doesn't give out praise like unwarranted. No, he doesn't. He doesn't, right? He and it's really interesting when he talks to the media. He is often calling out flaws. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and yeah, and, I want him to do better. He knows he yeah, can I want do, him to better. do better. Even Rodon, this last week, he was saying Rodon can be better than what he's been. We saw that right, last year right. with Logan Webb, right? Logan Webb, can right? Be exactly. Better. We think you can be better, um, and. Which which is amazing because I'd love to see it better. <laughs> um, but but no, I thought that was super super key, right? I think that was a huge um, shot um, shot of confidence to to Dubon, and I and I would suspect that it was a little bit of a balancing act against Dubon being asked about being on the bubble, right? Um, because like we all know it, and you know we can talk about these things on podcasts. It's another thing to say that right to somebody's face. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, you're on the bubble. You're fighting for your baseball life. Uh, you know, is that motivating you? I mean, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, my my knee jerk reaction to that would be to say something not nice. And of course, Mauricio Dubon comes back with a super positive, hyped answer. I can only control right? what I can control. I'm just going out and playing yeah, baseball. Yeah, yeah, but he said it in the typical doobie way, which is like, you know, I'm just chilling. I'm just I'm just being me. You know, and and it was it was super cool. Um, but but anyway, like I, I think that this organization does not want to lose him. So I think they won't. Yeah. I think we'll see Luis Gonzalez Jr. go down unless somebody else get hurt gets hurt. Which, which is always is a possibility high, because someone's always, always yep. getting hurt, right? And that's right. And or or they're they're I don't know, last week we talked about whether they create be creative in getting an injury. Creating an injury. <laughs> and and like, I just uh, said, you know, it just seems can they conveniently come up with injuries when they need them. And what happened right. this week? Right. Well, let's talk about that. I, 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 I'll hold on to that for one second because I just do want to finish. Say one more thing about Dubon, which okay. is the worst thing that could happen to the Giants is they DFA him. And then two days later, somebody gets hurt. Right. Right. And and that's the situation that they want to avoid. But as you said, may, maybe somebody will get hurt before that. Yeah. Maybe somebody's will experience a little bit of back tightness after sucking for three games straight. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that's somebody uh, who got placed on the injured list today was, was Jake McGee with quote unquote back tightness. And, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I was actually at the game last night. He pitched last night and, and, and he struggled the last few times that he's been out. And so I was particularly paying attention to two things last night when, and I, and I, I must admit I had pretty good seats. I was uh, splurged a little bit and was uh, behind home plate. And I was watching 
watching uh, two things. One, what, what was his velocity? And two, was he hitting Casale's target when he was setting up? And uh, both were not good, right? So uh, the, the first is occasionally he would hit 96. So he hit 96 early in his outing. And I thought, okay, the, the, the velocity's up. That's great. But then he was down to 92 for most fastballs. And that's not great. And then the, to make matters worse is that there were times where Casale was setting up at the top of the strike zone. You could see his glove was up high. He wanted it there. And, and McGee couldn't get it there. And, and it was always it was dropping down into the heart of the strike zone. And, you know, they gave up a triple and and it just, you know, there was some loud hit balls and it just he just didn't look right. And yeah, so he didn't look right, Matthew, because he had a tight buttocks. I mean, back <laughs> a tight sphincter. I mean, bat. what? Back. <laughs> and uh, and that's, you know, he was hurt. We didn't. That's he's been hurt for the last three days. He's been hurt in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Been... <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? Mental health is a real issue. It is. And I don't know why that's not part of the injury list. Why, why couldn't you say, like, just his head's not in it. We need to get him some time. Yeah, he's got some. That's actually a really good question, quite frankly. Yeah, right? Um, it's got to be a physical I, injury. Like, you can't just say, nope, he's, he's, we got to give him some time. No. I think that's actually, Matthew, a whole separate podcast. We could probably do a special episode on, on why mental health isn't a bigger aspect. Of totally. No, we could do, we go on and on and on. But I think, you know, last, year, last, year, it was dead, last year it was dead shoulder, right? It was like, you know, in the, in the, and I was like, well, every major league player has dead shoulder, you know, in August, right? I mean, it just, but, but the yeah, Giants. Yeah, he's got shoulder fatigue. Shoulder fatigue. Exactly. Like a pitcher with shoulder fatigue. Yeah, geez, shocker. <laughs> Uh, but I, you know, the giants have a way of finding a little thing wrong with you and putting you on the IL. And so, uh, you know, so that, that, that created, you know, a spot for, uh, for Longoria to come back, uh, today. Right. And Evan Longoria. Longoria. Man. Who probably went 0 for 5 against a right-hander. Shocker. <laughs> you know, I, I mean... The Giants are better for having Evan Longoria. And quite, in fact, he is actually their best defensive third baseman. Yes. So this is not, you know, no matter what he does at the plate, it, it is actually really good to have him back. Because even if he's not starting, he can come in late to spell, you know, I guess who's going to be playing at third? It's Flores and, well. Well, Dubon. Dubon has, Dubon, uh, yeah. he, he played That's yesterday. Right, yeah. That's right. Uh, Dubon is good at defensively <laughs> everywhere he plays. Uh, but I would still, I, I would prefer to have Longoria there. A little note um, yesterday. I mean, Dubon's got a cannon. He does. That's why he's a great and, outfielder. And I mean, God, today, I think it was today, not yesterday, but today he was playing third base. And <clears throat> just, you know, there was one play where he picked it and set himself up and just gunned it across the field. And it was, I mean, it's eye opening when you see a guy throw a ball that accurate and that hard. And he just yeah. made it look effortless. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was. I think he had a guy, he threw a guy out from center field with a 92 mile an hour throw. Yeah, third, right? He threw a guy out from third. A third, yeah, from mm-hmm. center field. And, um, well, I mean, I can sing the praise. We, we were supposed to have moved on to Jake oh, McGee yeah, from okay. Mauricio Dubon. I, I can sing Mauricio <laughs> Dubon's praises all day long. Like, I'm a believer. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, the situation with, with, with Jake McGee, I mean, maybe he's hurt. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But but they needed to do something. Yes, they because couldn't keep, they couldn't run him out there, right? I mean, he was no, no. I mean, and they did run him out there twice in these big run games against the Rockies to try and get himself right. And uh, 
And the first night they did that, uh, Camilo had to get up because yeah. he got into save situation, you know, territory. Well, and, and Kapler was actually like trying to spin it like, hey, we saw some encouraging stuff. The results weren't there, but he was velocity was up and he was trying yeah. to like spin this into a, a good thing. And then the next time, yeah, you can't really do that twice in a row, right? So No, no. Um, I mean, I don't want to say that we need him, but it hurts to lose him. Like, this is a big concern. And, um, is it though, you know, is it well, like, yeah. I mean, you know, we've got Castro and we've got some other guys that, have, you know, we just called up Sean jelly jelly and he looked great. Yeah. Well, then he they sat back down, but I mean, I feel like we've got depth there. I, I don't know. Do we really need a guy that's throwing 92? That's, you know, I, no, we need Jake McGee from last year. That's what we need. I, I, no, I mean, I'm don't certainly need... not going to hurt. I just don't know if we need it. Mm, I see what you're saying. I think we I, mean, I think we have a lot of depth in this bullpen that we maybe didn't have in the past. And... I think we can weather this storm. Yes, I, I think we. I think lose. I mean, ostensibly, Jake McGee is your backup closer. Um, in that regard, he. But then is so your... is Leon. Um, you know, sure, I... sure. Yeah, I look. Dominic Leone, I think, is great. I, I and I, I do think he's he's an up and comer, and I think he could be a closer. I, I think Dominic Leone is is great. And I, I think he brings a lot more to the table in terms of like, you know, versatility, like the pitches that he can throw. But but Jake McGee, like when he's on, is is really, really good. And and to lose that and have and have nothing else and gaining nothing else from it is a bad thing. Uh, I, I think you're right in the sense that this is not I, I guess it's a little bit of hyperbole to say this is bad news. I mean, it's it's not great news. It's not good news. But yes, the Giants definitely, I think, do have the the organizational depth to absorb a hit even to their second or third best reliever, uh, depending on where you rank him amongst Doval and Rogers. I, you know, I, I think I think he's definitely your backup closer, right? Like, you would go to McGee before you go to Rogers to close. Yeah. And uh, I, I think you might even go to Leon before you go to Rogers to close. Absolutely. Even though I think Rogers is, you know, the best reliever on the Giants team, if not one of the best relievers in all of baseball. He's just not a closer. And... I mean, you know, because of the stuff that you've talked about in the past, you know, his propensity for giving up all those stupid soft hits, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, yeah. and occasionally, uh, you know, walking guys or hitting guys. Yeah, no, but, I agree. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but I mean, it is funny that, yes, it is also the Giants kind of going back to their old tricks of like, yeah, oh, mysterious injury is, you know, where this guy who's not performing well suddenly on the I.L. Yeah, and I think we um, we called that. We we knew that that was you know the the Giants are are going to make. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also, what we talked about last week was uh, Tyler Beatty. You know, his time coming to an end, and that did happen yeah, this week. That did happen. And, that did happen. Uh, not a shocker, right? I mean, it just, no. just a guy that just couldn't. We've come been talking back. about that since the beginning of the season. Yeah, and we knew that with you know the deadline of shrinking down the roster and shrinking down the pitching staff uh, to thirteen players, that this was inevitable. If he didn't if he didn't play well and and it just was evident that the giants didn't have any trust in him they were putting him in really like low leverage situations you know blowouts and things like that and you just can't carry a guy you know on or on you know that that's not going to deliver when you need him to and he just couldn't throw strikes and i just i feel bad for the guy because he had you know tommy john and his control just never came back and i hope he finds it and i hope he, he lands somewhere but uh, yeah, it, it won't be with the Giants, and you know he was a former 
high round draft pick with the Giants, and and there was a lot of potential there. He was drafted in the first round twice. Yeah, yeah. Because he he opted to 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 not sign the first time. Um, it's been six days since he was DFA'd. Uh, like I think he's I think he's going to be outrighted. Yeah, I think he's going to stay a giant. Oh well, that'll be interesting because I you know do they you know I mean if he's off the forty man then they've got some time right. Yeah, I mean he's got all the time in the world. Yeah, really, like you know, and and uh, if he gets outrighted, uh, we might see him back. Right? You never know. You right? never like, know. You I mean, never, yeah. He's you got never a lot of potential for sure, and just couldn't. Yeah, the Giants couldn't keep yeah. holding it's, him. It's clear his career is not going to be the career that everybody hoped and thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean that he can't be a major league pitcher. Yeah, right. And yeah. Yeah. and and be a valuable part of somebody's bullpen. And maybe he'll be a valuable part of the San Francisco Giants bullpen this year. Or you know maybe he'll be there to make a spot start when the Giants desperately need somebody to do it. Right. Like, uh, it, this doesn't necessarily mean the end of the road for for Tyler Beatty and the Giants. Uh, it, it is not great news for him if nobody else is is claiming him. <laughs> Um, you yeah. know, that, that definitely, that definitely means you, you've got a big long road in front of you, but, but, you know, it does mean that, you know, I think the giants will definitely keep him in the organization and continue to work on him. And, and who knows, maybe who knows? we'll see him this year, maybe next year. Well, but, and then, uh, and then, you know, and, and in his place, they brought up Sean Jelly who pitched yes. one perfect inning, uh, for the giants and, and then got sent back down. That's correct. Uh, and, but you set know, a record, the guy's like, set what? a record. What's that? He set a record. I think you were about to say. Well, I'm just. I mean, he's set a record for tallest pitcher to the the, tallest giant, and he tied a record for tallest major league baseball player. Was he six 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 eleven? I mean, that is like he should be dunking basketballs, and instead he's throwing. Can you imagine facing a guy that's just throwing downhill like that? Like I just, I it looked weird on the television. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't look right. It didn't look right. His uniform doesn't fit right. You know, it just the, the whole thing looks bizarre. They, they got to go shopping know? for him at the big and tall store is what it is. And he, I, I he mean, is one inch away. He is one inch away from being a guaranteed NBA player. Did you know that one out of every 10 p- people in the world who are seven feet tall have played in the NBA? Is that right? Yeah. 10 percent of all people who are seven feet tall make it to the NBA. Well, yeah, because there's you know you can't teach height. Yeah, because that's sports like that sports all about how tall you are. Yeah, and that's why I suck at it. <laughs> we we were not anywhere close to the NBA. No, mm, no. Nope. Uh, but yeah, but you were talking about Sean Jelly going to the big and tall store. What? Yeah, well, I, I think that they should just send him there because if they're having a hard time finding a uniform that fits him, then maybe they need to start shopping at the big and tall store. Do the do the big and tall stores have San Francisco Giants uniforms in there? Do they, uh, do they, probably do they, not. Do they have but the they, creamsicles? They should. They should because you know we've got a guy that could use it mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have the creamsicle uniforms. All right, that's good to know. That's good to know at your big and tall store, folks. Hey, the creamsicle the uniforms creamsicles. keep coming through, by the way. So, I, you know, I was there on Tuesday night. They do win. And, they do win. And in the it's weird seeing those uniforms, but I'm like, hey, man, we keep winning with them. So keep wearing them. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan. And, and, and I know everybody wants to talk them up and be like, you know, but you put that uniform next to, say, the, uh, I, I'm not against the whole concept of these uniforms. Like the Chicago White Sox, the South Side ones, those are nice uniforms. Oh. So there's one. I really that... like the Astros ones with says uh, I don't know Space City on it or whatever. <laughs> really like those ones. Uh, there's a lot that I like. You don't like the uh, fog of the Giants, huh? I love the concept of that. I just think the fog's too 
too white or the the rest of the uniforms too white. Yeah, I, I, I just it it's just a little too. I don't know. I don't know. It looks like. It looks like, you know, an NAIA bas- baseball team trying to uh, get fans to show up. You know, I, I, that's that's what the, the creamsicles look yeah, like. Yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy about the font that they use for the Giants, too. Like this little weird G thing. That, 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 oh, um, agreed. Yeah. Uh, not, not crazy about it. I will say, though, that I do have an orange San Francisco Giants hat, and I really like it. So um, I do like the hats. I I do like the the Golden Gate Bridge on the side of the hats. Yeah. and I really do love the fog concept on across the numbers. Mm-hmm. I really do like that. I like the concept. I just don't like the execution. Yeah, yeah, no, I, just, I agree. Just not my thing. Not my thing. Sorry. You know, I, I'm not going to be out there spending money on that. My apologies. Although I haven't spent any money on Major League Baseball this year. No, I haven't. I've been keeping that in my back pocket. No, I haven't. Not, I'm not even doing MLB.TV, and you know I love that. Yeah. You're not watching. You're not watching like uh, Houston Astro games and at like two in the morning, huh? No, no. I'm. It's it's actually my own silent one man boycott. For okay. Stoppage. Yeah. Well, there you go. You know, you that's the way that you you protest is through your wallet, right? That's right. That's right. I haven't been spending money, and I want everybody. I didn't. I didn't want everybody to know it because I didn't say it here. But that's why. Yep. Yep. I did it because of the work stoppage. Okay. Well, you know how what would make me kind of hate baseball a little bit more? What's that? Umpires. <laughs> particularly umpires that uh that think they're bigger than the game oh oh you mean corrupt umpires who would umpires who would use their ego as a reason to change to try to change the outcome of a game exactly like throwing out a starting pitcher for mm-hmm. uh maybe getting upset with some balls and strikes um and, and or or maybe super creepy and probably a little bit invasively softly and gently massaging somebody's hand while they stare like a creepazoid into your eyes while you're trying to not look at them yes exactly and you know you last year we knew the name Gabe Estrada, right? You never want to know an umpire's name. Yeah. Because when you know yeah. an umpire's name, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. And so now yeah. we know Dan Bellino has now become a name. Dan Bellino should not be a major league umpire anymore. Absolutely not. Like, if I were to screw up not. like he did in my job, I would have been fired. No, Dan Bellino is borderline. I mean, it doesn't feel good. To me, it, it feels like... like like I can't trust Major League Baseball if umpires like this exist. Yeah, and, 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 folks, and if you don't know what we're talking about. I was just gonna it, say, uh, yeah, yeah. Explain. Yeah, it was week before last. Uh, I think about it, Madison Bumgarner. We all know that guy. Um, got into a, a situation where he was not happy with balls and strikes with the home plate umpire, and and he he made his opinions known as, and then he walked off the mound for the end of the first inning. But as the starting pitcher at the end of the first inning, he was due to be checked for sticky stuff on his hand. And the way they do the sticky stuff check now is the they umpire the that's hand. responsible for the check just feels the pitching hand. And they're just looking for any sort of, ta- you know, anything that's just off. And it's a real quick check. They just run their hand quickly over yours and they feel for any, thor- any sort of foreign substance. Well, Dan Bellino, the first base umpire in this situation... We don't really know what happened because nobody has said outright what happened, but we can surmise. We can can, see it on the video. He's being a prick. He was mad that Bumgarner was mad at the home plate umpire. So Dan Bellino is going to stand up for his buddy. And he goes over and he grabs Madison or he holds Madison Bumgarner's hand and he just touches it for way too long, folks. Way too long. This is like your proctologist looking you in the eye 
This is like like your prom date well, holding your hand. Like I mean, you want your hand. Well, held that's like this. yeah. Well, yeah, but you want your prom date holding your hand like that. You don't want your proctologist looking you in the eye while they're you're you know, getting your prostate checked or whatever, right? That's how creepy this was. He stared into Bumgarner's eyes for like I don't know 20, 30, 40 seconds, and Bumgarner's just like looking around, looking away, and then finally he makes eye contact with him, and Bellino's just staring into his eyes. Yeah, so he makes eye contact and, with him, then he looks away, and then he's like, wait a minute. He's looking at me. So he looks back yeah. out at him. Yeah. And, and he's then still it, it sh- holding his gaze. Yeah. And so eventually he lets it, you know, Baumgartner says, do you have something to say? And then eventually he lets go of his hand and he doesn't say anything. But then Baumgartner is Baumgartner, right? He can't hold it in. So he tells him to go, you know, F off. And that's it. He said you and he said F. And so the guy threw him out of the game. And it certainly looked like to me, in my opinion... It certainly looked like that Dan Bellino was goading Bumgarner into saying something so that he could throw him out of the game. Bellino, in my opinion, engineered that situation so that he could throw Bumgarner out. And if that is true, that's a major league umpire trying to affect the outcome of a game, and that should be a fireable offense, and he should never coach a little league game again manage or sorry umpire a little league game again i mean i don't even know if somebody like that deserves to be a lawyer quite frankly which is his other job really yeah that man's that man's got uh, a law license wow and he's acting like that in front of thousands of people because he's what what is he doing like what's the point of that like and and yeah he issued an apology which is weird and bizarre umpires never issue apologies and we heard through the grapevine that he was disciplined, but the man did not miss any games. So, and disciplined how? He doesn't deserve to be an umpire anymore. Like, there's nothing worse than an umpire affecting the outcome of a game for his own ego. Right? That's worse than a player cheating. Yeah. I Because mean, umpires actually can, can dictate the, ch- the outcome of a game. Yeah. So all I have to say to this is Major League Baseball, we all saw that and we hated it. And it was awful. And we all realized that you have said nothing about it. You guys like to stick your heads in the sand about everything, and after a while, it gets old and gross. This was gross, and it should never happen again. I don't. That guy does not deserve to be an umpire anymore. Amen. All right. Well, and, and insert joke here. <laughs> I feel like we can't end our podcast on that. No, the Blue Jays are playing with four outfielders, Matthew. Okay, let's go there. All right. Yes. Yeah, so, so what? So, so the Blue Jays just decided out of the blue that you know what this game could use is four outfielders yeah uh, and so how does that how does that work i mean obviously it's kind of a this is a an extension of the shift right i mean you're now you're putting uh i guess in the blue jays case what their second baseman out in right field and you're playing four across deep that's right outfielders. They, they send their second base out into is this is and again this is not the short situation where the guy runs out into short right field he's actually playing alongside george springer in right field and and they just lose the second baseman i guess they do shift over depending mm-hmm. on what side of the plate the 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 guy hits the shortstop moves over to second the third baseman moves, right. moves over to short right and they have four guys lined up and this has become like the new new shift and it's something that the Blue Jays are doing a lot more. And I guess the question is, do we approve or disapprove? You know, 
if the data says that's what they should play, then obviously these are they're 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 doing this against guys that never hit the ball on the ground, right? They're hitting right. that, and so yeah, why not? I mean, this will be illegal next year. Correct. Uh, well, will it? We, we well, we think right, and right now for those of you who are maybe maybe not aware, you know, there's a, an offer on the table from the owners that if if they can get the international draft instituted rather than signing institutional or national international players at, at, at random, then they will ban the shift. Uh, and they've been testing this out in the minor leagues. And, yep. uh, and, and basically it means that, you know, the, you can't have more than two infielders on this, on any side of second base and, right. And they have to be on the dirt. Is kind yeah. Of that's the, the key, right? They have to be on the, you have to have a certain number on the dirt. And so, so I think that that's, uh, I I think that why not? Right. I mean, this is what the rules allow. And if the data says this is the way you should play, then play it. Uh, Right. I I have nothing. I have no problems with that. I mean, I think, you know, Major League Baseball teams, their job is to try and find ways to win. And if this is a way that they can get an out, which are valuable, there's only 27 of them, uh, then then they should do it. And so I have no problem with it. I I think it's kind of cool. I think it's interesting. Will it work? You know, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I think George Springer has some thoughts on it. <laughs> George Springer doesn't know what to think. I mean, he's a baseball yeah. player, right? He just wants to play right field. And now he's playing Correct. right center. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And he's like, I don't need help out here. Why are you giving this guy next to me? I can catch anything anywhere. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm kind of torn. Like, I, I agree with you that I think they should be able to, to put players wherever they want to. And I, I think that's one of the hallmarks of baseball, really. There, there are no special rules besides uh, catcher and pitcher, right, mm-hmm. in terms of positioning. And um, I think they do have to stand in fair territory, except for the catcher. I do think that yes, that is that's a true. rule. Yes, They can't stand in foul territory. But beyond that, that's it. They, nobody has to stand next to first base. Nobody has to be by third base. Right? They could all stand in the outfield if they wanted. They could all be in the infield. Uh, and I do like that variability. But at the same time, it, it has definitely had a negative impact on on the way players play the game. And and I think that it is reasonable to expect people to cover the entire field. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's not unreasonable to expect people to try to bunt and beat those shifts, which I think people like Tony Gwynn could do it. Right. So mm-hmm. are we asking too much of the modern day baseball player to, to spray the ball around the whole field? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I guess I'm torn. I guess I'm torn is what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the shift. I really am not. But at the same time, there is a part of me that says, you know what? It's your job to beat the shift. You know, maybe go the other way. Well, the know? Giants the Giants are doing that, right? The Giants are laying down more bunts. Correct. And have announced Correct. to the league that if you're going to play this way, we will lay down bunts um, to, to get a hit. And I'm like, why not, right? They're giving you 90 feet. You should take it. If every team did that all the time, up to like maybe one or two strikes, then yes, we'd have a lot less shifts. Yeah. Or we'd have a lot less shifts on those first pitches, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, to me, I think that's, I guess the real question is, should we regulate these things with rules or should we let the game sort of regulate itself? The thing that seems really funny about the shift is that but players have been so stubborn to not do it, right? It seems like guys are doubling down on pulling the ball, right? Oh, you're going to put the shift over there. I'm going to swing the ball bat even harder. 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you by hammering the ball over the wall, and and they don't, right? Especially this season, yeah. right? They just right. hit it yeah. into the jaws of the defense. So, you know, I, I don't know. It, it is it. it I'm. I, I don't know how to feel about the whole thing. I, I guess I feel like it's. It's. I think definitely the Blue Jays are right to be doing it if it makes sense to do it. Um, yeah, and I the, just don't. The Giants have been that team, right? The Giants are always looking for ways to to compete and to be better and to to yeah. win games. And I just feel like yeah, that's your job as a Major League Baseball team. Sure, go for it. You know and. If it works, it works. And in, in George Springer's words, if it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. And and uh, but I feel like, you know, why not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. You know what? And... I'm going to take George Springer's side on this. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just going to watch the baseball games, Matthew. <laughs> and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm just going to have a third cocktail and yell at the TV. That's the way it should be, Ben. That's the way it should be. And so on that note. Uh, as we start our third cocktail of the night, uh, Bob, tell tell everybody where they can find us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at Giant Cocktails. Uh, you can follow Ben on Twitter and at and on Instagram at Watch Ben Fail. And uh, yeah, you know, follow. Give us a follow. I, I got to be honest, listeners. No one's ever really tweeted saying, "Hey, I'm following you" because I heard it on 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 the podcast. So. If you're listening, send us a shout out. I'd love to hear from you. Also, you know, if you're listening on your podcast and want to give us a, a, a review, that would be great too. But only if it's good. If it's if it's not good, then yeah, don't bother. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, Ben, I, I think uh, we've wrapped it up for another week. Uh, next week, we've got St. Louis and Colorado all over again, uh, except in St. Louis and Colorado. Uh, so we'll hopefully we'll come back next week and say, hey, we got another five game winning streak. I think I think they come back. What is it? They're playing six games, right? They finally have a normal yes. week. It's three yes. and three. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I obviously four and two is great. Anything better than that is is wonderful. I think three and three would be just fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, three and three would be just fine. Agreed. But uh, f- uh, let's hope for four and two. Yeah. Well, with that, I'm gonna have another drink. Cheers. Man. All right. Cheers, Matthew. Bye. Everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.